This episode of Star Wars and Character is made possible by the generosity of our Patreon supporters. To learn how you can help support the show and have the opportunity to pick a future character for an upcoming episode of Star Wars and Character, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash neozaz. Has Boo signed Chris or Tim's poster? Oh. <laughs> no. Ooh, that was, that was he knows that? Wow. No. This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories. Histories. And details. You never knew. Wanted to know. Or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Star Wars in Character. Special, special. We have a mystery guest on with us today. Mystery guest. (laughs) And I have to go poop. I knew it. I knew someone was going to go say that. Um, I won't say anything because he's going by the name Boo Schwartz. (laughs) And I want to have Dave and I know who who it is already, but Tim and Matt, you um, no idea. You guys have no idea at all. Tim's been nagging me for for a while, you know, for a while, once in a while. You guys are going to have seven questions. Episode seven came out, so I'm going to say seven questions apiece. Only yes, no. Is that a clue? Okay. <clears throat> is that a question? No. I'm <laughs> You're down one question. <laughs> Swifty. Are we are we asking this of Swifty you and Dave Schwartz. or are we asking this of Boo? Of Boo. You're gonna ask Boo's on. Boo, oh, is, Boo. Boo is on right now. Hey, you know what? Um <clears throat> Boo Schwartz, please Tell us who you are. Please, <laughs> yeah, please say hello. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> ah. That was good. That was good. Welcome. That's Derek. Derek's voice is a lot deeper. That's true. Good point. All right. I'm not going to... I got names here. I'm going to wait till the show's, you know, till you guys know who it is. Ready? Okay. All right. All right. Um, We'll go... Matt, you go first. Yes, uh, no questions only. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate my accidental question. Is it... Uh, is Boo in episode seven? No. All right. Uh, not episode seven. I see we just keep answering questions until I get it. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> got to work Monday. Might be. <laughs> no, I want to see Tim do push-ups. <laughs> is, is Boo a professional actor by trade? Yes. Ooh, he paused a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Did Boo have to wear any kind of alien slash creature makeup for the role? Good question. No. Ooh. Um. Is Boo in the original trilogy? No. Mm. I like that long pause. <laughs> is did Boo man any kind of starfighter? No. <laughs> not a pilot. Okay. Uh, is that a question? No. <laughs> That's a statement. Is okay. not a pilot. Is, 
Is Boo featured on any animated series? Ooh. No. Not animated. Good question, Tim. Tim's thinking outside the box. Does Boo have an action figure? No. No figure. That's five for Matt. This is Tim's fifth. We're going to keep on going. No, we're not. Because <laughs> I'm struggling um, to find two more questions. Is Boo in the prequel trilogy? No. Oh, wait wow. a minute. Well, I wasted wow. three questions in. Okay. Uh, no, that was four. I can't count. <laughs> shit. Um, has Boo signed Chris or Tim's poster? Oh. <laughs> no. That was, that was he knows that? Wow. No. <laughs> that was funny. That was awesome. That was good. Is, is Boo in the Star Wars holiday special? Oh, shit. No. A few more questions for Matt and Tim. Tim's going to run out of questions, but. Tim, you're, you're like, you're getting there. Was Boo in one of the Ewok adventures? Yes. Oh, hey, Tim, okay. take it home because I got nothing to follow up with. <laughs> Shit. Is Boo Eric Walker? Yes. <laughs> Tim, virtual high five, man. That was teamwork. You got it. It's Eric Walker, and welcome to the show. Yes. For, <laughs> for, for uh, just in case. Uh, Chris didn't know this. Eric has not signed our posters. I, I, <laughs> we have we have seen you at conventions. I believe you were at the Hudson Valley Expo where Chris and I sat and watched everybody forget about um, Uncle Owen in the hot car outside. I oh think my god! That's the convention. <laughs> yes, that yes, that was a long time ago. That was uh, that was way back in two thousand what one or two or something. One or two, yeah, you were there, but we didn't get your autograph because we didn't have anything for you to sign. No, we had nothing yet back then. No. Well, th this is awesome. This I'm is super awesome. excited. I'm, 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 a, I'm so excited that I mean, Matt like teed it. Like Matt, that question brought it home. Yeah. And then Tim knew exactly. Gonna, I was gonna say that was that was teamwork. That's the best Tim and I've ever worked together. It's the only time you've worked together. <laughs> well, you know, best first, tomato, tomato. <laughs> well, Chris, tell us how you and Eric hooked up. Well, it was it was a one lonely night at a bar, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he had too much to drink. So did I. No, um, through through Facebook, I just asked him a question to see if he wanted to be on our show, and he said yes. Like this was maybe like um a month, month and a half ago, and then I felt bad because we were busy <laughs> doing acting, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's a and I kept on saying, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Sorry for the delay. But tonight's the night, and he is on with us. Eric Walker. Yeah. Very cool. I'm, good, this good is great. questions, guys. Good questions. So. <laughs> I'm impressed. That was awesome. So generally, like we, we Chris and I kind of debriefed Eric before we started. What we do then is we go through the character. And Chris has done the research, and we are dedicating this episode to Eric's character from the Ewok Adventures. So go for it, Chris. All right. Well, <clears throat> Eric Walker. I should. All right. You ready? Eric Walker. What was your name in the movie? 
Well, that's the reason why I changed my Skype name because my character's name was Mace Tawani, and that's well, I probably shouldn't say that on on the episode, otherwise I'm going to get a lot of Skype requests. No, but, no. Uh, Mace Tawani. <laughs> True. Well, Mace Tawani appeared in both both movies. Tim, do you know the full title of both movie of both Ewok movies? There was the Caravan of Courage and the Battle for Endor, and. <laughs> Chris, you have I, we got we got um, the posters. You have one of the posters. I yes. think you have the Battle for Endor. I think I have the Caravan of Courage. And I think we both had um, Warwick Davis sign them. I believe, yeah. right? Too. Yeah. <clears throat> well, here's now I go through now. I know Eric Walker's name is Mace Tawani, so that's that's his name I'm using because that's his name. Damn it. <laughs> that's the, char- that's the character. Hey, uh, hey, I'm Star Wars first Mace. So. <laughs> oh, exactly. The good the Mace. First of the Maces. The better of the. Well, <laughs> my name is. I want to see if. I'll see if Eric. I mean, he probably knows this stuff. My name is Sindel Chris. Do you know who Sindel is? Anyone out there? Nope. That's isn't that the the Aubrey Miller the girl? That's that's correct, Tim. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> you what what don't you know about Star Wars? I well, I didn't I didn't know who this was. Or I, I didn't know who was on the show before we before I learned it. So that was one thing I didn't know. But I learned it over <laughs> the past five minutes. There you go. Today I'm joined by Marauder Matt. Is that a character name or a title? Because that's, that makes that's, sense. That's a character name. Oh, it is. Okay, there's a character called Marauder. Yeah. Okay. To my left is I want to say Deej, and and not not from Full House. Like, Played by Daniel Frischman. D E E J from Roseanne <laughs> and Tarak Tim, who was played by who? Timmy. <laughs> that, I, that I don't know. Um, Carol Struckin, who was actually Lurch in Carol, um, yes. Adam's oh. Family movies. Oh, oh. you didn't use uh, Wilford Brimley's character name in any of these? I, I looked. Yeah. It, it, it didn't match with anything that I. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> So, so, all right, let's see how we got the role first. Here, yeah, we'll go it. ahead. Like, yeah. can you tell us, Eric, how how did you come to be in the Ewok movies in, in the first place? Yeah, it, it's in a, it's a little bit of an interest, interesting story. It actually happened really fast. Um, one day, it was like around the middle of May, and we were we ended up starting shooting in, on June 11th. So, um, I got a call from my agent. They said they had a, a general audition uh, for uh, for a, a part of a kid that was kind of like a bully character. So they said, dress like you're a bully, and uh, they're not going to have you read any any sides. Sides is uh, what you get when you try to do cold reading when you audition. And uh, but they just wanted to meet with me and have a general interview and see if I was right for the part. And it took place the the actual general interview took place at a place called the Egg Factory. And the Egg Factory is no longer there. It's now a subway station <laughs> across the street from Universal Studios. Um, and uh, it was actually the headquarters for Lucasfilm, I later found out, when they were down here. And um, so I went to the general interview. I met with the uh, producer, Tom Smith, and John Cordy. Had a great conversation with them. And they said, you know, we like you. Can you? Can we? Now suddenly they wanted to give me sides and give me a script. And they said, can you go and study the sides for ten minutes or so? That way we could get you on camera because the executive producer, you know, is not here, and we want to show him what you look like and and see if you're right for the part. I didn't know at the time it was George Lucas they were talking about. And um, I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to do that. But uh, if I do that, can I also do my monologue? 
And they said, oh, you have a monologue? You're, really? It's like they were surprised because I was a kid. But I had been studying acting for a few years already. And an actor always must prepare. And, you know, they got to have be ready at any time. Have a monologue, have anything, you know, in case they need it to draw upon. So the director, even though he sounded surprised, he said, sure, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll get your monologue too. So I went outside and studied the script with my dad for about 10, 15 minutes. I came back in. Uh, we did the dialogue. Um, then I asked to do my monologue. I did my monologue. And then they just said, oh, yeah, that was very nice. Thank you very much. We'll call you and let you know, uh, you know, later or whatever. It was, you know, thank you, but goodbye, like they normally do. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, then suddenly about a week or two later, I got a call saying that they wanted me to do a screen test up in uh, Mill Valley, which is uh, just north of San Francisco at, the, at, at uh, Cordy Films, uh, which is the director's, uh, John Cordy is the director and he has Cordy Films. Um, and uh, so I went up there for, they were going to pay me for the day uh, as well, just fly me up there. And we went up there, and we spent the whole day. You know, they put us in. The, they put me in that that orange uh, uh, flight suit, um, which is why I was pausing earlier when you're asking the questions about being a. Was I? Did I have a fighter? Ah, oh, but I I wore a flight suit. Hey, right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so they put me in that and Sindel in her clothes, and uh, somewhere about about midday. Um, they brought out an Ewok on a stick and John was, te- the director, John Cordy was telling me, you know, we want to, uh, we wanted to see if Aubrey Miller, who at the time was four years old, they want to make sure she wasn't afraid of an Ewok. So it would scare her. So <laughs> was it like an actual Ewok person on a stick <laughs> or, or, or like a puppet? Hopefully right? I, I'm sure a bunch of stormtroopers and the five first would probably like to have them all on sticks. <laughs> True. Say, if an Ewok on a stick isn't going to frighten a four-year-old, then you're pretty safe because it doesn't get much <laughs> yeah. more terrifying than that. Yeah, yeah, but there was nobody inside. It was just the you know, it was just kind of comical the way it looked. It kind of you know was, uh, they, to hold the Ewok up. So uh, anyway, she hugged it. It looked like a teddy bear. So, ah. um, and then they said, "Can you wait a few minutes?" And then they went. Seemed like it was more than a few minutes. It seemed like it was maybe a half hour. And then, uh, you know, and I had to go to the, not that I want to tell stories about going to the bathroom, but I had to go to the bathroom really bad. So I went to the bathroom. <laughs> and as I was coming out of the bathroom, uh, back up to the front of the place, the director met me in the kitchen and shook my hand. And he should have asked me if I cleaned my hands, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he said, congratulations, you got the part. So, mm, and, awesome. and then... You know, by the time I got back down to California, I already had two messages on my uh, machine congratulating me for getting a role. It shows you how quick, you know, word travels. But uh, like I said, it was all very fast. And later I found out that when they originally, you know, tape recorded me for George Lucas to see me, that they, for whatever reason, the producer forgot to hit record, but then hit record right before I started my monologue. So all George got to see was the monologue. So I don't know if that was a reason why he wanted to see me do the dialogue later. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told that they wanted to see how we looked together and they wanted to make sure Aubrey could handle the role because she was young, but who knows. But that's uh, it happened very fast. Um, I also learned later that they spent many, many, many months looking for, uh, the, for our characters and that they had auditioned thousands of kids even though I came in at the last minute, uh, they had auditions in New York. They had them in San Francisco. They had them in a lot of places, Chicago. So, 
but it, but it, for me, it happened very fast. So that did awesome. um, did you ever run into any actors that we may have heard of that that tried out for the role that, that obviously didn't get it? Uh, I don't know if they ended up becoming favorite. I ran into lots of actors that tried out for the role because they later told me, "Oh, I tried out for that role," but I don't yeah. remember if any of them were famous. I, you know. I don't know what they were thinking at the time. I know I was real good friends with Noah Hathaway at that time. He might have mm-hmm. tried out for the role, but was too young. You, I don't know if you remember who Noah Hathaway is. Never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> he and I were good friends, and I was friends with Danny Nucci at the time, who later became a big actor as yeah, as an adult. But uh, mm-hmm. he was in Titanic with he was Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. friend. But um, he's bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the Statue of Liberty very small. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's it was just a great experience, and then we started filming right away. And uh, they asked me to lose weight. Um, I have always had a problem issues with weight, and uh, they asked me to lose uh, thirty pounds to Ooh. do the role. I ended up. I remember I was very nervous because I only lost twenty five pounds, and. The director took me aside and said, "No, Eric, you did a fantastic job. You oh. know, thank you for losing the weight." So, and, and we started. That's, that's cool. How much? How much involvement after that initial stuff with, with Lucas did you have with him? Did he kind of fade away from that, or was he kind of always around? It's not that he was. His presence was always around, and he would come to the set probably a few times a week. And you always knew when he was on the set because suddenly everybody was moving like hundred miles an hour. Mm. <laughs> and when he was off the set, you know, everything was kind of just the regular pace. But um, he was a lot more involved. I remember hearing stories like he was in there editing it and and working on it. And uh, he also did uh, the the original director, John Cordy, who's uh, Lucas's friend. Actually, John Cordy, I don't know if everybody knows this, but to tell you a little bit about the man, he's responsible for Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas moving up to Northern California. Hmm. And really? he origi- yes, and he was originally one of the he was in the original group that started Amer- uh, American Zoetrope up there. So um, that's and, and Lucas uh, that's why he went up there because he was sh- John Cordy showed them because he had all of this equipment, film equipment and stuff like that. He showed them that they could do it independently and be outside of the mm-hmm. studio system. So technically, he's responsible for for everything, even though he's not that's that. But John Cordy had a, a had a, a prior engagement. He was supposed to do another movie, and so he couldn't come back to do the the reshoots on the Ewok. Mm-hmm. Movie. So George Lucas actually re- came on board and was director. He actually directed all the reshoots for seven days. Wow! So uh, and a lot of people, everybody said he didn't he hadn't directed anything since the prequels, but that's not true. He directed a very good portion of Caravan of Courage. So. Um, and in fact, the very first the first day uh, on the reshoot set, it said on the call sheet, director George Lucas. Oh, and I actually wow. sa- I saved the call sheet. And then I heard the first assistant director got in trouble. The next day they had John Cordy's name back on there. So. Uh, oh, wow. So you were directed really by George Lucas at times. Uh, yeah, for an entire week I was directed by George Lucas. Because I, I could actually sit here – and tell you each scene he directed. Like, for instance, the scene where uh, I, May sticks his hand into the tree, and, mm-hmm. the, and the monster bites his hand. That scene was oh, directed yeah. by George Lucas. That was an entire that entire scene was done uh, as a reshoot because they didn't have enough time to do the special effects, uh, and, and they deleted a scene in the movie. 
And origi- originally in the movie, Mace, they went to go get that nectar for when his sister was sick. Yeah, yeah. It's what they called the gulping flower glade. And it was these flowers that were, that were, they would eat you and drag you into uh, underneath the ground. And you could see like, you know, part of Endor un- underneath or whatever. And it was just too many special effects. And so they cut the scene. So uh, uh-huh. they didn't have enough time. So that to replace it, he took that uh, that tree monster, which was really, if you remember, Empire Strikes Back, when the Millennium Falcon is not in the cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's really the same same uh, same uh, Muppet or puppet or whatever. Oh, wow. they just, so, <laughs> oh. that's Neat. awesome. This everything. I just love hearing stories about <laughs> yeah. back in the day. You know, just tell us more. Here we just, <laughs> just a bedtime story. It's story time with Boo Schwartz. <laughs> he, Chris, I know, uh, sitting with his hands on his knees and his chin in his palms, just yeah. smiling. Yeah, I am. I, I was just. I'm like. I'm like. Oh, it's so relaxing here and there. It's so relaxing. I want to know. Did you take anything from the set? Yes, <laughs> Chris. Right yeah. to theft. <laughs> Uh, I originally had uh, there's this uh, there's this axe that he's he's grind he takes this uh, axe and he's hitting on uh, well and there was one scene where he he's has with the woodsman uh, Chukatrak who died they're throwing axes but later in the movie you see uh, just before Sindel um, uh, gets uh, gets the wicket uh, what he does is he he spooks that uh, horse and she gets goes on that ride but before that you see mace chopping on the wood i took that stick originally yeah <laughs> so i had that and uh the the magic rock which he thought was a stupid rock and another funny story is you know lucas sometimes he would bring his daughter amanda lucas to the set and she just starts talking while we're in the middle of takes oh. <laughs> So it's like uh, you know, Mace throws it throws down a rock, and I, he says, "It's just a stupid rock." And so he goes, "Why is it a stupid rock, Eric?" And she's saying my name back. <laughs> so there's lots of lots of fun things like that uh, when you're making a movie, and uh, we just uh, she was sweet, and nobody paid attention, and um, at that time it was just it was it was a great experience. So very cool. Amanda Lucas. Amanda All right. Yeah, you said Amanda Dave. Lucas. Dave took off his shirt. I sat up in my seat when you say Amanda Lucas. I say, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, she, um, she's like four or five years old or something like that. Yeah, Dave. Oh, I mean now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. Thank you. Because I was wondering. Well, she was the reason why Mace got, got uh, killed in a second movie, so I'm not too happy with her. No. So. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, she didn't really. I mean, the, the the whole story goes this way: she was the same age as Sindel, so Sindel Sindel became her hero. So uh-huh. they want George wanted to do the second movie surrounding her hero character, and even the I, I remember the guy, the two brothers that directed the second one took me aside and said, you know, if Amanda had been a teenager, it probably would have been a Mace movie. So, uh-huh. <laughs> dang it. Well, Chris, you have the uh, backstory. A lot of it here of Mace here. Yeah, you want to get into it? Yeah, we'll get into it, and we'll and we'll and along the way, we'll ask Eric some questions along too. This is this is just a side little thought that I had too. I always thought when I was a, when I saw this movie, I thought that you were <laughs> that you were like Luke Sky like a prequel Luke Skywalker character. Hmm. I could see because you had on the on the orange kind of X wing kind of jacket. I'm like, oh, that must be Luke as a as a kid. 
But I was wrong because you know why? I was an idiot back then. <laughs> back then, yes, yes. Yeah, I, was, that's, I was waiting for that. That's not, that's not too far fetched. I mean, the, the whole first week of filming, people were calling me Mark until I turned around. So, oh, really? In <laughs> fact, in fact, Warwick Davis's mother said, "You look so." I'm sorry, I called you Mark, but you look so much like Mark. And then you turned around, I saw it was you, and. And, and she goes, I was wondering, what is Mark doing here? <laughs> <laughs> did did Warwick Davis's mother ever slap him or no on set? What? No. <laughs> I don't know. Where did that question come from? <laughs> yeah. Idea. How many beatings did you did you witness on set? <laughs> that was the weirdest <laughs> question anyone's ever asked. <laughs> oh, actually, the, well, the, well, only, the only people they beat was the you know the Ewoks. You know. <laughs> Did did you get to meet Debbie Lee Carrington? Oh my god! Damn it, Tim. What is she like in person? Wow, Debbie's a wonderful girl. She's oh, she, she's everything you want in a girl. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Dave, yeah, yeah, I was gonna bring that up because <laughs> De- Debbie I'm Lee Car- now. I I am an, I am madly in love with Debbie Lee Carrington, and she will not return any of my phone calls. So if there's anything that you can do. <laughs> To foster that relationship, I would be forever indebted to you. <laughs> you know, her boyfriend was a stormtrooper uh, <gasps> at that time. Boyfriend? I don't want to hear about it. At that time, was a stormtrooper. So Dave, yeah, you could put on the costume and pull Revenge of the Nerds on her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear about boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> now, she's awesome, and, and we're all big fans, and I did call her, and she didn't return my calls, so... <laughs> Okay. I actually, I know someone, I, I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I know someone who lives near her and, uh, and she told the person, have Eric call me back. So who knows? We'll see what happens. No. If you want to, if you want to text me her home address, that would be, that would be okay too. Even, no. the, even the neighbor, I can figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, I can, I'll just canvas the neighborhood. Well, it's in California. It's in Southern California. And the, your only hint is it's uh in a beach community. All right, that's oh. close enough. I'll just I'll fly out there and just start going door to door, baby. <laughs> quiet much, beach community. How much coastline can there possibly be in California? Yeah, yeah. Quite four a or five miles. <laughs> it's like New Hampshire. It's just got the little stretch. <laughs> All right, Chris. I want to know about Mace. All right. Well, yeah. Mace Tawani, you know, obviously was a human male. Okay. <laughs> I love these facts. Mm-hmm. He was the son of Katerine Tawani and Jeremy Tawani. Okay. He was also the brother of, as we all know, Sindel. Around 3 ABY, Dave, what's that stand for? After the Battle of Yavin. Why are you quizzing me? I haven't haven't seen you in a while. It's it's been a while. All right, just keep going. All right. At the time of the Battle of Hoth, his family ship made a crash landing on the forest moon of Endor. So this is Endor, like this in the Star Wars timeline, the characters are already on Endor before we as a viewer have even seen Endor. Is that correct? This takes place, yeah, between, I think, Empire and Jedi. Okay, because I'm trying to get the timeline straight. You do mm-hmm. know they made that stuff up all up later, right? This is all... This is all. Because yeah. when we were making a the movie, they told us, uh, the producer told us it, it takes place 150 years after the battle for Endor. Oh, my God. Oh. Seriously? Yes, and that's why the Ewoks could understand English a little bit and stuff like that. Well, that makes sense. Why wouldn't they stick with that story? Yeah, because because someone wrote uh, an, ex, <laughs> an, an expanded universe book yes. and put still in a different time plane, and then now, just like the internet, you know, yep. you put something up there and it's posted enough, it becomes true. Yep, yep, mm. that's true. Did um, 
did did your Ewoks blink? Because <laughs> after they made you know the the new additions and all, they they had, they had to blink. I don't know why. After 150 years, they learned they had to blink. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. No, but their mouths moved a little bit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the Ewoks in the the Ewok movies, the the Ewok adventures. This is supposed to be at least when you were told 150 years after, but somebody has retconned this and messed that whole thing up. They did, absolutely. Okay. Mm. And uh you know, we're kids, we're curious. We're asking. I might even have it on tape somewhere on one on part of the making of footage if I if I look for it. Or yeah, because we interviewed the producer actually. So yeah, that's it. I was that's one of the things I was going to ask you. Like, you're you're. I mean, we're all around the same age. Like, how big of a fan were you of Star Wars when you made these movies? Did you grow up watching them? Did you collect the toys? Like, like when you get this job, is this like something that's a part of your life, or is it just a gig for you? Uh, I was definitely a Star Wars fan. Um, I didn't see the other. I didn't see a New Hope or Empire Strikes Back. But, you know, everybody saw Return of the Jedi. I mean, I, I was a big fan. I must have, that last summer, it came out the summer before, a year before, and I must have seen it mm-hmm. 10, 15 times. I kept going back. Sure. And, so I knew what Ewoks were, and it was, it was one of those moments like, you know, pinch me, pinch me. Am I dreaming? I, I did, I, and I did feel that quite a few times while making this movie, for sure. So when you're making this movie, you feel like you're making the sequel to really what, ends up being the greatest trilogy in movie history. I don't think, I don't think in my mind at the time I would have thought it was a sequel. Um, cause, cause these movies were made for television and they did talk a lot about that. This was for a special for television and they were talking about, and originally they signed, they were supposed to, we were supposed to do three movies, not two. So we were supposed to do our own trilogy and this was supposed to be for movies and and Lucas uh, ABC was really trying to convince George to do a television series with the Ewoks, and he said, "No way, I, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it." So, and then later he caved in and did the Indiana Jones stuff. But um, yeah, I, I I definitely knew that it was made <laughs> television. Um, but you know, to everybody else in the world, uh, it, it was a Star Wars movie. If you uh, the the actual name Caravan of Courage is the foreign title. It was originally called the Ewok Adventure here when it was aired. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it was actually in the movie theaters in every country. And in fact, it said Star Wars on on the title. And I didn't know that at the time, but you know, I knew I was uh, going to be a part of something that was special. And it was a great 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 experience. But I also knew as an actor that it was my job, no matter how popular the the piece was, to get into character and do my job. So. All right. Well, that 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 puts it into perspective for me, at least, because we we deal with this a lot. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard our show, but we when we do these backstories like Chris is in the middle of doing, we analyze everything because, like I told you before, we we got online with Matt and Tim. We love it. So the things that you're really interested in, sometimes you you analyze them, even overanalyze them, which I think we do sometimes. (laughs) But this, this, this all—this is the kind of stuff that we find fascinating. I think a lot of our listeners do too. So I'm glad that you're saying these things. Um, what else do you have, Chris? Well, after after his parents went missing, he and his sister Sindel befriended a nearby tribe of Ewoks to mm. help rescue his parents. Yum dub. <laughs> yeah, with the help of low grades magic rock, 
he discovered that his parents had been kidnapped by the Gorax. Remember that, Tim? The Gorax. <laughs> well, I, I, Are you I laughing? Remember- laughing <laughs> i remember the rock because i remember if i remember it's been a while since i've watched the movie but i remember like everybody gets like a different weapon and then he they hands him a rock he's like wtf what's this <laughs> <laughs> yeah mace was the little brat no he thought he thought they were walking hairbrushes so there was, yeah, I remember there was, there was something, yeah, they gave me, it, it might've been the rock, but I, for some reason, I, I also remember there was a stick or something involved. And I, yeah, there was, <laughs> Wicked had a magic stick and the magic stick is uh, what helped me get, escape the magic pond. Yeah. Cause it was like, you were like trapped in it. If you went into the pond, you were stuck underneath it. Like there was a wall of like glass or something you couldn't get through. Yeah. Right. You could breathe, but you'd be stuck there forever. It had a, it had like a, in the script, it said it had like some sort of magic spell on the pond or something like that. That's right. Yeah, it's been it's been yeah. at least a decade since I've seen this. So I'm just trying uh, yeah, to get recall. Me too, and it's like coming back to me. You were, I've got, and I'm. I think I stumbled upon an image. You were there was a scene of you trapped in there, right? How, and it never yeah. dawned on me how you did that. I'm assuming there must have been some kind of glass or plexiglass between you that, and the water. Yeah, that particular scene. Of course, uh, the the was that was the last shot of the movie actually in the reshoots. Um, we, they rented a home and not too far from, uh, uh, Skywalker ranch. They rented a home. They had a big pool mm. and they, they, they decorated it under, this is only for the underwater shots, not above the water. And, uh, George Lucas directed that scene as well. Uh, and, uh, they put this really thick, it was a, it was like a plexiglass. It was probably, I want to say it was three or four inches thick. It was very hard. And he told me to take take a deep breath and swim underwater and then come up. And, and I was able to pound on it really hard. I remember that. I was able to pound on the plexiglass and it wouldn't break. So Yeah, okay. Uh, that was very interesting to yeah. do. This is, and, uh, yeah, like one of those things where I'm watching as a kid and my very easy to suspend my disbelief that uh, and not even think about the mechanics of it. Now thinking back and remembering it as an adult realizing what it must went into doing that and, and actually potentially how dangerous that could have been. I mean, how, how far yeah. away were you from getting your head above water if things went wrong? Uh, didn't think about that. Oh, geez. <laughs> could you but swim? I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a good swimmer. Okay, so there we go. I didn't have any issues with that. I mean, even since when I was a kid, I think I went to a park, the park pool and started swimming lessons at two see, or three. So see yeah. Dave, he can swim. Well, it's good because he might not be with us. It yeah, sounds right. like George, George Lucas tried to kill him. <laughs> Dave can't swim. <laughs> he didn't need to know that. I just wanted to say it. Yeah, I was going to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris has erectile dysfunction. so <laughs> I'm having it right now. <laughs> wait, let me see. Oh, Wait a minute. Wait, uh, just think about Debbie Carrington and that. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> That's Dave's. Bingy, bingy. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong one. <laughs> Debbie Carrington and Amanda Lucas. <laughs> All right. Well, when Mason, Mason and Sindel rescued their parents and returned to the village, where everyone celebrated. <laughs> Why are the Ewoks yeah. always dancing? They get their groove on. They love man. life, man. They're like yep. they live in the trees. They're like hippies. Yeah. <laughs> they get their yubnub on. <laughs> <laughs> Where Jeremy eventually began working on repairing the Crash Star Cruiser so they could go somewhere else. <laughs> Speaking of the, the celebrating in the end of the movie, yeah. uh, 
they actually uh, cut the original ending of the movie out of the movie. Uh, originally, we started celebrating, and then Mace goes outside to uh, let go, let that Firefly character, Isarina, who he befriended, oh, lets yeah, her go, and uh, they move that scene, uh, f- move it, moved it uh, back in the timeline. So we still have that scene, but originally, after Mace lets the Isarina, the Firefly character, go, uh, he turns around and it starts to snow, and then Sindel and Wicket come out and we start dancing in the snow. That was the original end of the movie. Snowing? Yeah, snow. Indoor? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why they cut it, but uh, the snow looked pretty good. So If you really watch the shot and you see Mace, for if you look at and freeze it or look at the last second of the shot, he, Mace turns around to look at the hut, you start to see a little snowfall if you really watch it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I actually want to check that out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, later, when Jerry and Mr. Paris were nearing completion, a group of the San Yassian Mariners, that's Matt's name, the Marauders, Marauders. Marauders attacked the Ewok village, killing many. Mace, along with Katerine and Jeremy were included in these victims. That's a shame. I mean, and and like movies today, no one wants to see a a, a child get killed. Well, you don't really see me get killed. You see that hut blow up, and you see my light go out. So but maybe, just, but just the thought of it—it's like it's that's for for back then in the eighties and all that. Like it was it was a big deal. In fact, it was the first movie that had a parental warning. Wow! By the way. Oh, really? Way. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. For violence. It said, so. spoiler alert, teen gets killed. <laughs> spoiler Contr- alert, there's only Contr- one teen character. <laughs> <laughs> well, this left Sindel alone with the Ewoks. And <clears throat> Noah, I want to say his name correctly. Bequallan. And we all know who that is, Dave. Beatus. <laughs> <laughs> Tim News. An old hermit who was a, a former... Scout. Didn't you just say beat us? <laughs> yeah. Instead of diabetes? Beat us. <laughs> is, is he still alive? No, he's, he's he dead. No, he's still no, alive. No, he's alive. He's alive. Is Check alive? Alive dot com. Okay. He's alive. He's alive. I love him. He was he, he was on Seinfeld once. He was the postmaster general. <laughs> That's right. Along with Debbie Lee Carrington. <laughs> he he did Amanda a record. Lucas. He did a record um a couple of years ago with Riders in the Sky, did a Western record with those guys. He's awesome. He how, how awesome was he, Eric? He's definitely a cowboy, that's for sure. Oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> he was great. I mean, we uh, he even, I remember him taking us kids out to dinner, and he just was like a big grandpa to us. Uh, although um, he didn't like adults too well, and really? uh, some <laughs> pretty big in- incidents that happened uh, on the Ewok set, you know. I hear, you know, first assistant directors getting punched out and getting fired. And really? Then, That's then he did, awesome. <laughs> Look at Tim. I like him even more now. And then, yeah. And then he didn't like he didn't like Jim and Ken Wheat. He didn't like the people directing it, the Wheat brothers. He actually called them the idiot brothers. <laughs> um, and he was he was pretty mad because originally the character Teak, uh, you remember Teak, the one that ran around fast, was originally supposed yeah. to be a Muppet. And he didn't like the fact that he was working with a Muppet. Mm. He wanted them. He wanted it to be like one of the Ewoks, and then make a costume. Um, so he got his way. They made a costume, but he was so mad and upset he wouldn't work with them. So Joe Johnston, who became a very big director, uh, yeah. he 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 had to be pulled in, dragged into the mess. 
even though he didn't want to. And he, he had to direct Wilford the rest of the shoot. So he they set up a second unit, and Joe Johnston directed Wilford in the entire movie. So Wow. You I walk was, Babylon right here. I always pictured him with, like, with a really foul mouth. Just like cursing, no matter where he's around, who he's with, just cursing. Brimley? Did he like, yeah. Okay, oh, I never Brimley. pictured that. I'm going to teach that. you a new word. I pictured him <laughs> a what you see is what you get kind of guy, though, for sure. Yeah. He definitely is like that. I mean, but I uh, he never said we were kids, and I never heard one. I didn't hear a foul mouth. So, hmm. uh, maybe who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe maybe because of hard target. Oh well, okay. <laughs> well, sure. If that's your litmus test, then okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he really liked Aubrey. He really wanted Aubrey Miller, uh, the girl who played Sindel, to to continue acting. He really encouraged her. He uh, got her a role in some TV show he was doing at the time on CBS, the, the one about the house or family that he had for a few years. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. What was it called? The Our House? Life Goes, I, I life goes On? No, not, not Life Goes On. Our uh, House? Our House. Our house. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he wanted Aubrey to be in that, got her the role and everything. But, you know, Aubrey's parents were very private. They They – Kind of, she was a model, and she was very young, and they were very overprotective of her. And um, she, they she, they turned that down, and then eventually she got an agent down here, and then it just wasn't for her. Her family was just too mm-hmm. private, so hmm. she, that's why that's why she never ended up doing anything else. So, are you still in contact with her once in a while? Uh, yeah, we we uh, we chat on email and stuff like that. Um, I did see her. I, I got I convinced her to go to one convention with me. Um, back in uh, Ohio, and uh, at the time, this uh, sci-fi agent got us this convention or whatever, and we went to it. But it, we went to the wrong convention. We went to like a s- horror, horror slash sci- sci-fi, and it wasn't. You know, there was no Star Wars fans there. It was all horror yeah. films. And so, okay, yeah. So she, but we still had fun, and we talked about old times. She doesn't really remember anything. Yeah. She she was four years old four, and five years yeah. old. When she made those movies. She doesn't have very little memories of it. So for her, it's, you know, it's not something she talks about because she doesn't really remember much of it. So. Right. Mm. Makes sense. Well, <clears throat> well, with them, Sindel embarked on a journey to the Marauder's Castle in order to avenge her family and defeat them. While rescuing those Ewoks who had been captured, following the battle, she and Raqualon left the forest moon, and that is where <laughs> the story just ends. That's that's it. Eric uh, Mace is dead. He's burned alive in a house. Oh, she escapes with the Ewoks, and that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> and at least I got some of those Marauders before they killed. Yeah, them. I was I was surprised that they didn't that there wasn't much in the way of uh, merchandising. Like you didn't get an action figure, and they and and I'm surprised that even when they when they reissued all this stuff in like 97 98 and the, and the DVDs that they didn't do any kind of Ewok movie merchandising to go along with it were you were you a little disappointed with that or was that uh, just something uh, that you never really thought about I'm surprised I mean I the movie is what it is it's a television movie and yes I am surprised uh, with everything even people that are almost extras get action figures so yeah it was yeah, a little, it was a little surprising I do know that there was some prototypes of some action figures. That's why I kind of hesitated on that question as well earlier. Uh, but Lucas said no to him, and they had a, they they set up a whole bunch of stuff. 
And mm-hmm. I know in some countries they did get some of the games. There's an Ewok Adventure game, a board game, and there's there is some stuff that did get released. You have to really look for it. Um, and I know uh, that when they were doing some of those, uh, they had contests or something like that about make the next action figure. There was a couple times that people brought <clears throat> that they wanted Mace Tawani to be made. Nice. And, and he was in the voting. But, and I think somebody overseas did make a bunch of Mace Tawani action figures. He was selling them online. So I didn't get one, but uh, I remember <laughs> doing it. But it, it would be nice to to have an action figure, but uh, it is what it is. And uh, I, I've noticed that uh, they tend, the, these Ewok movies, it's like we're, the, we're like the red-headed stepchildren or something <laughs> like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious because, I mean, if you go to Lucasfilm's website and it talks about, uh, look, up, look up their filmography and all the movies they produced and did, there's no not one mention of the Ewok movies. Oh, on yeah, that's not cool. It, but there was before. <laughs> there oh, was like yeah. years ago. There was, and it's like, where did it go? You know. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know why they're not up there, and who knows? So Disney. It's a. It's a <laughs> shame because I mean everybody talks about good or bad. They all talk about the the holiday special. Um, but yeah, the Ewok movies. I think I I have a feeling that we have a few listeners that probably have never even heard of these. There's probably. Listeners right now saying, "What are these movies, and where can I find them?" Um, well, we yeah, got- there. And you know what? You mentioned Disney. Uh, the movies in the late '90s they reran on Disney every year on the Disney Channel, mm. quite a few years. So Disney likes the movies. So you know, I'm hopeful that with the Disney purchasing Lucasfilm, maybe they will bring something back. You know, maybe we could get enough people to, you know, ask for them, and they could release them on Blu-ray, and maybe we could. Uh, get some special features this time instead of nothing like last time. So well, yeah. we know there's a generation that kind of grew up with this because we have a friend and a fellow podcaster on the network, Lou, who has, in an, when we talked to him about it, he started his love of Star Wars with Empire Strikes Back and moved right into the Ewok movie. So there's that yeah. generation that this is where this started for him. So the fan base is out there. It's really strange that it's not getting the acknowledgement like it, you just discussed. Yeah, it's out there. I mean, the movie had over 65 million people watch it the night it oh, came yeah, out. Oh, yeah, there you go. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's definitely there. And it, in the movie, The Caravan of Courage was the number one movie in, like, Japan. It was number one in China. It was, like, number two or three in a year in France. It was in the top ten in England. It was a big movie overseas. It made Lucas a lot of money. Mm. In fact, it was released by 20th Century Fox overseas. So just like the mm. Star Wars movies. So I don't know. I don't. I, like I said, I have no idea. What the powers that be? Why? What happened? Yeah, <laughs> Who knows? you know, you never know. So, have you? Have you? This is another really sidetrack story. Have you seen um, the Force Awakens yet? Yeah, of course. I saw it the first. I saw it when it came out immediately. So. Can I? Can we just ask your opinion of how it was? Because one of us to my left was not a big was, <laughs> was not a big fan. I want to know what your thoughts were. Um, it's not the best Star Wars movie uh, out. Uh, but it's not anywhere near prequel, like the prequels. Um, it had a lot of elements. Yeah, he borrowed some stories from A New Hope, but there's a lot of s- stuff in there that's not from A New Hope. And he brought the magic back, which was missing in all the prequels. He had real characters. He had real actors acting, uh, not this stiff stuff that was going on and being technically directed. And don't get me wrong, I think George Lucas is a genius. Uh, I have nothing but respect for the man. 
but he's just that type of director. He's a very technically oriented director, and he's brilliant at special effects. He's brilliant at stories and ideas, and uh, you know, it's just there's there's a difference. Uh, the the original movies, the original Star Wars movies had an element in them that didn't that up until The Force Awakens, uh, the prequels were missing, and that was. They had some, but they had really good editors. Like in the original movies, uh, Marsha Lucas edited the first three movies. And she used to, her and George, this is stories from inside Lucasfilm. So this is coming from inside the horse's mouth. Mm. They used to go back and forth, back and forth, and she would slam her hand down and say, George, you have to convey meaning. You have to convey feelings. You have to make people want care about these characters. They have to have heart. It has to be edited in a certain way. And so were all the people around him. And a lot of people will tell you on the Internet, don't tell me George was surrounded by yes, man, I've heard that. You know, but the, the, it's the truth. Hmm. He became so big, and even he admitted it kind of in that bi- documentary that was on the biography about Lucasfilm. He became this big Hollywood machine, this big corporation, So, which, which he didn't want to become. Mm, so yeah. I'm very hopeful for George. I think George want, is going to be making lots of movies. I, I, I hope that he said recently he's not going to release them. He's just going to have them for family and friends. But I want him to release them because he still is, he's brilliant. He's genius. And, you know, somebody that's he's good at certain things, but other actors and other directors are good and creators are good at certain things. But The Force Awakens, back to the original question, it's I would put it somewhere between my, this, the second and third best movie of, the, of, of all the Star Wars movies. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, hands down, because I'm an actor and musician. <laughs> and uh, then uh, kind of uh, Jedi is up there. So, But Force Awakens, I think, is a little bit better than Jedi. And A New Hope is great, too. So they're all good. Even the prequels were good. I, I don't like the fact that people bash the prequels. They had great elements in all of them. But, right, uh, right. Yeah. You know, just it is what it is. I mean, it's great that we could all talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I had, that was well said. Yeah, that was everything yeah. you said. I agree with. <laughs> Good job, Chris. I, now, Eric, I, I had heard you on a uh, another podcast several years ago, and I, I believe you said you had worked on a documentary or or you had some behind the scenes things that you had shot while making these movies. Did I, am I remembering this correctly? You are remembering. Yeah. We, uh, the work Davis and I both uh, did a behind the scenes uh, video when, uh, when we're doing, it was part of a school project mm-hmm. at the, when we first started filming, we were still in school for a few weeks and a teacher thought it would be a great idea to uh, have us do a, a documentary or a making of how we're doing this movie. So, uh, Warwick had a camera that he brought over from uh, a private camera, and then uh, the producers uh, rented another camera for us, and we did this project. And we have over two hours of footage, uh, you know, interviewing the director, interviewing the producers, you know, having fun on the set, you know, all that stuff. And I preserved all of it. I have I digitized all of it years ago, so we still have it. It's still good. And uh, not too long ago, I released uh, just like a 12-minute kind of uh, excerpt of it uh, and it's on my YouTube page actually oh, cool. want to look at at just 12 minutes of it and they could also look at my original audition oh cool uh, that <laughs> monologue I was talking about yeah that's awesome 
Here's a question. I don't know. I was trying to find a spot to fit it in. We never really got to it, so this might be a little off the wall. But now I've always I remember your character, and I remember the flight suit. And I remember the vest. But I, I now as we're talking, I'm looking at pictures. Didn't realize the amount of detail in it. So I'm curious if you've ever run into a Mace Tuani cosplayer at any conventions. Uh, I have actually run into a few. Yes, I have. Okay, because I was because now looking <laughs> at it, there's some elements that would be really cool to try to make. So I was I was like, huh, I've never thought of it being this character, but this looks like a fun costume to try to tackle. It is, it is, and I've 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 had I've had uh, people send me uh, also send me pictures where they 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 were Mace Tawani for Halloween. So. Oh, right, cool. Well, okay, that's that. I, I was hoping you would say yes because if they didn't, that that's just a shame. But no, that's that's it's, really cool. It's it is a cool costume. Yeah. That's for sure. It's fun to put on. I I don't know how to ask it. I don't know how to ask this question. Oh boy, <laughs> are you sure you should then? Yeah. <laughs> well, we we were talking. Dave and I were talking earlier, and we noticed that you were on on Webster. Yes, and I was. How old were you when you were on Webster? I did Webster uh, about a year or so before I did the Ewok movie. Um, I think I was probably. What's the matter? <laughs> I was probably thirteen. What are you What are you going to ask? I'm just going to ask if if you saw Michael Jackson on the set. <laughs> I did not see Michael Jackson on the set of Webster, but I saw him on the Ewok Adventure set. What? Hey, Stop. no. What? Okay. All right. The, the whole episode was boring until now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? he came He came and visited us because uh, they were, uh, you know, working out details for Captain EO and talking about doing Captain uh-huh. EO. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, you, know, you know who else was in Captain EO? Yeah. Yeah. Carrington. Carrington. <laughs> and Tony Cox, too. Yeah. Tony Cox. All right, go back. How how was it? How was Michael? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he, that the, all that stuff's an act. I mean, he doesn't really have a, a high pitched voice like that, so that's all. He's kind of faking it. Uh, but he's a nice guy, soft spoken. Um, comes up, he's like, "How you doing?" <laughs> not that deep, but you know, the, it, he definitely. He definitely is a lot more. Uh, uh, he's de- much more of a human being than most people realize. Very caring person, loving guy. You know, great person. Um, I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm loving hearing everything. Did he like what was we, wearing, what, what, wearing, wearing his glove at all or no? No, he wasn't. Damn it. What was what was interesting is uh, when we made the first Ewok movie. Uh, Warwick Davis and I used to play Michael Jackson's stuff music all the time, and we'd make videos of us lip syncing to his music. So then have him come on the set, and the next one was like, "Oh, look at this!" You know, that, we all to be like Michael Jackson. You know, that was the '80s, man. Michael yeah, Jackson. Oh yeah, that's. <sighs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. If uh, if Warwick Davis does another series of uh, Life's Too Short, you have got to get on that somehow. He, he, yeah, since I'm in every episode anyway, right? I mean, every time they go to his office. Uh, yeah, he has that Ewok poster. Oh, right. That's right. That's yeah. right. His face is right next to his face, bigger than his face. Even. <laughs> yeah, you've got it. You have got to get on that show if he if he goes and does a second series of it. Yeah, yeah screw well, screw Val Kilmer. He's got to get you on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, since I'm in every episode, I think I should. Be on there. <laughs> yes. Send him an email. If it's, you guys, it's warwick.davis.com. If, if, if you guys hear about it coming out, definitely let him know that you need he needs to get me on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, do you have any other facts? That's that's all the facts I got, Dave. All right. All so normally now Matt we, does go for it. I think it's time, Dave. 
We do it. Matt does feedback. That's right. I well, forgot. yeah. I mean, I don't want while. to. Uh, yeah, I don't want to um, take the spotlight away from Eric. So I'll just. Uh, I guess I'll do our Patreon support of the week. Actually, this is kind of a special one because I got a feeling Eric's appearance on this is going to uh, increase some downloads for this episode. So I guess it's kind of a special Patreon of the week. So randomly pulled as usual. Susan Weaver. Oh, we met Susan. Well, Susan Weaver. they didn't get to. We met her at our celebration event. So we know Susan. So yeah, Susan's Susan. been a supporter of the show. And if you haven't already seen it, the biggest change since our last recording is the brand new Neozaz.com, which I am. It was beautiful. Thank you. I am so happy with the result on it. And that's another thing we couldn't have done without Patreon support from people like Susan and everybody else. So to learn more about that. Easy enough to find. Just search news as on Patreon. So thank you, Susan. And thank you, everybody else that has supported us since we started that campaign. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Now, we had talked before uh, Matt and Tim were on. And Eric, you're you're actually kind of onto a new endeavor as far as uh, the entertainment industry goes. Would, why don't you tell us what you've been up to lately? Uh, well, I've just been focusing on my music. Uh, that's the side of me that's uh, been waiting to come out for 30 years. Uh, you know, as an actor, uh, we need to learn more skills, like, you know, to try to become like a triple threat. So you, some actors take voice lessons, and I took voice lessons, but I decided that you wouldn't want to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, although my speaking voice has gotten better because of taking voice lessons, so I do recommend everybody take vocal lessons. And I had a great vocal teacher, Buddy Mix. Um, he has a, a, a singer's workout, which could teach you how to sing if you want to search it online. It's called the singer's workout. But mainly I've been focusing on the music. Um, I have two, I've released two albums. Uh, the very first one uh, did very well. Uh, it actually reached a number 38 in the UK on the iTunes uh, electronic charts. Ooh. And in uh, here in America, it did pretty well, reached 138. Uh, those aren't astonishing numbers, but people are buying my music, and I appreciate it. Um, my music is uh, kind of um, it's electronic music. It's instrumental. It kind of takes you on a journey. It ferries you away to uh, some sort of mystical landscape. It it helps you forget about this world, and uh, and then some of it's very romantic, and some of it's very dance oriented and funky. When it makes you want to get up and dance, and that's what I've been focusing on. Um, and I, f- I have a sec. My first album was called Tangier Dream, and Tangier Dream. I had a tribute song actually to Star Wars and my character of Mace Tawani. I wrote a song called Return to Endor, oh. and uh, I think everybody should check out that track for sure. Mm-hmm. That's uh, definitely uh, a track that a lot of Star Wars uh, people would like. And uh, my second album, uh, you know, I, I always try to raise the bar. Uh, you know, in any work that I do, I try to get better. Otherwise, what's the point? That's that's how I feel. So in my second album, I took a few more years to write it. It's called Universal Delight. And uh, that has a lot of great tracks on it. Um, and you could find out, you know, about my music if you go to my official uh, Facebook page, which is uh, at facebook.com, Eric Walker Music. Um, no, I'm sorry, that's a YouTube, youtube.com, Eric Walker Music, if you want to uh, listen to some of the tracks on the, because mu- I have a few music videos on there, and I also have that making of the Ewok a snippet at facebook.com slash Eric Walker Music, and uh, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash official Eric Walker, if you want to sign up to get notices and stuff like that, so. Are you planning on doing any kind of 
conventions coming up soon or, or, or nothing? Uh, I don't have anything planned right now in the, in currently. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm open to doing conventions. I've had a few people express interest. Uh, there's a convention that's going to happen next year. I think in Chicago that I've been invited to, uh, which I might be attending. And, um, they're going to have some really big headliners that are going to blow people's mind. People that, wow. from Star Wars that have ever been at conventions. So, uh, oh my, <laughs> Uh, don't tease me like that. I just yeah. wanna, wanted to add to Eric's uh, pitch there. I, I just typed in Eric Walker on iTunes, and there they are right there. First first album's on there, and I found Return to Endor like that, bought it. So if you want to go directly to his music, you can find it on iTunes within seconds like I just did. So check that out, too. I did as well. Awesome. Do it. Do well, it. Just do <laughs> it. Just do it. I mean, I have a lot of interesting stuff on my on my album. I mean, the the first one, you know, is kind of sci-fi. It's a sci-fi oriented album. I have a uh, that Star Wars tribute song, "Return to Endor." Then I have another song called "Alien Space," which is kind of unique. <laughs> <laughs> and I have another song called "Alpha Centauri." So it's a very. And then I wrote a song for my wife. Aww. Uh, hey. It's called "News Love," and. Uh, on the second album, I got she got mad at me and started to hit me because uh, I wrote another song on the second album called News Groove. Oh. And the, the men here could get what that means. You know but. what that means. <laughs> nudge, and, nudge, uh, wink, uh, wink. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she said, what are you going to write? Every album write a song about me, and later you're just going to write an album called New or whatever. So, <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're done with that. But uh, it was uh, it's and I wrote another song. That's uh, there's a song called Mua on on my Tangier Dream song, and Mua means rains. It means mm, the rains of Vietnam. And if you listen to that song, it'll remind you of like the the Vangelis Blade Runner theme. Oh, it has oh cool! In it and sa- it has this really great saxophone in it. It's very romantic. Uh, so you could it help you set the mood with the ladies. So it sounds like I hear a news. I hear a mua now. Actually, that is correct. <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, there's the sax. This is the beginning of Lethal Weapon, right here. Yeah, right. It does sound like we <laughs> the beginning of Blade Runner, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. Very cool. So that's what I'm doing. I'm focusing on my music. Uh, I'm working on a third album. Also, uh, I have I, I decided to give myself a challenge uh, since, uh, and I'm doing going to do a YouTube video every week. Oh, cool! Uh, uh, and uh, I just I'm I'm only four weeks into it, so I'm glad that I'm on this show. And what my challenge is is to write one song every week for the next 52 weeks. Oh, wow! That Holy. is. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm. If you go back, if you go and check, uh, uh, it's it's actually on my record label's website. It's uh, um, if you go to, it's also posted on my Facebook. If you want a direct link, but it's uh, my my. Uh, I have a record label called E Walking Music. <laughs> it's really just my name, guys. I'm not trying to take advantage of the. E- <laughs> But uh, yeah, so if you look up, uh, go to my Facebook and I'll put links on my YouTube as well. And uh, so you guys could go to it and I'm going to write a song every week. And then I can't put 52 songs on my next album. But what (laughs) I was hoping, what I was hoping to do is maybe get everybody involved, you know, and uh, maybe start a poll to see who, which songs you guys like the best. And then we'll then, of course, and then I'll decide 
uh, based on that poll, what songs to include in the album. So, you know, you're going to have that one week where you're just not going to be very creative. And you're just going to have a song called I like hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> yo, quiero, yo quiero hamburguesas. <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know when you do that and we'll put it on our page and get the people involved. Yeah. yeah that's the people's. That is a really cool goal. Cause even we, we write some dumb parody songs here and it takes me two months to come up with two lines so doing a full song every week is that i i'm gonna follow this that is a really cool challenge it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a journey and it also shows people the process on and, and some it might teach people how to how songs are put together too so which is kind of a neat thing yeah absolutely and uh last thing to mention uh i'm not trying to make this let's give all my plugs <laughs> no go for it <laughs> no, so no let's plug uh, away but <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I did start a record label, and that's going to be my next passion other than my music, is being a record producer. And I'm looking for talent. I'm looking for singers. So uh, I have a website. It's uh, ewalkingmusic.com. It's spelled with the E, of course, and then partial my last name, E-W-L-K-I-N-G music.com. And I want people to submit music because I'm looking for artists that need a producer that need to get out there, um, and uh, I would love to help people. So, well, Dave, you're a singer. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. of the four of us, Dave's. Yeah, a, Dave has the most show. talent here. No, yeah. he do, wants he wants actual people that have talent. Like, go to ewalkingmusic.com. <laughs> do your rendition of "Many Rivers to Cross." Come on, <laughs> "Many Rivers." That's you, Tim. That's you're the one that does that. <laughs> love that song. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, go to go to on his Facebook page, official Eric Walker and ewalkingmusic.com. Yeah, we wanna we wanna spread the word. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. This is cool. It's really cool. I, I just wanna I just wanna thank you for being on. It's it's not over yet. I just wanna just put it out there. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Eric, for being on with us because this you're a cool guy and this was just fun to talk to you. Yeah. I'm having a great time, guys. You guys are a blast. You're funny. I'm enjoying myself, so good. Well, now it's time for... Now comes the rough part. You better okay. Be- now, now's the time when we turn on each other. <laughs> okay. Suck it, Chris. <laughs> it's coming up. This is Star Wars artist Kevin Lyle from NorseLegion.com, a wretched hive of scum and Star Wars jewelry. So Now we- trivia. Go ahead. Tim, What's this? what is our trivia called? The Lyle Files. The Lyle File, named after our trivia master for this 25 episodes, Mr. Kevin Lyle, send Star Wars. What did you say? I said, Senor Kevin Lyle, Mr. Kevin Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin Larry Appleton. So Kevin has been kind enough to uh, give us questions, and we have been kind enough to get most of them wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so like we've done when we've had guests on before, I guess if it's okay with Eric, he'll he'll possibly be a lifeline if that's all right with you, Eric. Yeah. Okay, I'll try. All right. So the scores go like this. Tim is in last with, <laughs> with 10. Chris is next with 11. Shit. <laughs> then Matt with 13. Oh. And I'm in the lead with 14. Oh, wow. And- I forgot we're that close. And we're running out of episodes, so this is getting uh, down to the nitty gritty. This is so, the uh, uh, second last one. What do you call this? A pen? You said you said penultimate. That's the penultimate. it. Yes, you taught yes. me that word. At forty this years old, penult- you taught me that word. <laughs> the penultimate. <laughs> so, be based on the way we've done things, Chris. 
It's your turn, so if you don't know... And trust me, I won't know this one. <laughs> you can you can ask Eric. Not, yes. No, we don't want to put any pressure on Eric, but... Uh, if, I, if, if I ask Eric and he don't know it, can I ask Boo? Boo Schwartz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boo Schwartz, okay. Schwartz is with him. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. You'll see, Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> so, Chris, it's your turn. All righty. Okay, Chris, I pulled number 86. So here we go. Whoops, that's the wrong one. Nope. It didn't play anyway. Okay, number 86. In how many languages is C-3PO fluent? Now, see, I remember him saying this. That's a big number, though. <laughs> I am fluent in... I am fluent... All right. <clears throat> I have a number in my head. Yeah. Um, Eric, what do you think the number is? <laughs> um... I would guess uh, it's in. Uh, well, you're not going to say the number in your head. I I would guess uh, six million. You know what? I had I had six point one million. Six point one. But I think I'm wrong, and I want to use Eric's answer and say six. <laughs> <laughs> six, six million. Zero six million. million. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, let's find out what the answer oh, is. Oh, oh. The answer is more than six million, or six million, or anything near that. <laughs> there you go. You're six point one would have worked. And that would have worked. Rips himself. Well, right. <laughs> but yeah, you don't say more than six million, but it doesn't say six point one million. No. <laughs> the, the bottom line is that Eric was right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric, thank you for that point. <laughs> You're welcome. Well done, Eric. All right, I'm next. All right, you got number ninety-five. What is the model number of Luke's landspeeder? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, Dave. The model number? I think we even said this on the Snowspeeder episode, but I don't remember what it was. On we said this on the Snowspeeder episode. His his. Oh name. wait. Oh, I'm sorry. No, never mind. They're like T forty seven something or other. It's T something. Do you have any idea, Eric? I don't. Oh, I just know it's T something. I remember him complaining and whining like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer ever. Um, I almost give you a point for that. I'll give Eric a point for that. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say I'll just pick a number. T sixteen. All right. Let's see. The answer is the X thirty four. Oh, you're close. All right, so Matt, it's your turn. You have a chance to tie me for the lead. All right, I pulled 43, so this is an old leftover one. So Randy Wolf. All right, let me pull up the soundboard, because I did not expect to go that, that far. 43 to 48. There we go. Okay, 43. Name the alien race that created the clones used in the clone army. Oh, okay. I think I know this, so I'll look for verification from Eric if he's got an answer. I don't know that that answer okay. that one. I only know this because of this show, I, and I say that a lot on this trivia. I believe it's the Camonians, the big. Well, I guess I need to know the name. I'm going to describe them: the big, long-necked things. They that, went to some planet yeah. called Camino or yeah. something like that. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's the Camonians is their official name. I know the character's name Lama Sue because that's the episode we did. But Lama Sue, yeah, and that's the song we sang. Lama so, <laughs> all right, I'm going to put my bet in Camonians. The answer is Kaminoans. Oh, is that judges? Uh, uh, we'll accept. It. We might have to have Eric be the we'll final speak. judge on that one. Don't put that. Oh, that was close enough. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, man. no, that's. Yeah, let Eric decide. That's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. already said you get it. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that means Matt, it wrong. Matt is tied 
for the lead. All right. With one episode to go, shit. But you can. Oh wait, no. Who's that? Oh, is that it? Was that four? No, Tim's left. No, He's Tim's done. left. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say. But you <laughs> already went. Tim's left. Right. He's yeah. dumb. All right, Tim, you got number eighty-two. Eighty-two. In a new hope, when did Han Solo expect to arrive at the Alderaan system? When they got there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know, on a Tuesday. Um, on a Monday, I was arrested. Jeez, he probably... I don't know, in less than 12 parsecs. I, mean, uh, I have no that's, idea. That's a good answer. That's a good guess. Eric, Eric, let's huddle here. That's, that's <laughs> like... Is, do, you, do you have any idea? That's a hard one. Yeah. Less than I, I think, I th- I think uh, well, let me think here. Let's yeah. go back to the dialogue and think about it for a second. Um, I don't know. I would guess maybe a few hours or something like that. I think he says something like when when he walks into after the uh, when they're all sitting around and they're talking oh, about oh, the force. Oh, right wait, that, wait, he, walks he, in. he says they're going to be arriving in a few minutes. What kind of question is this? Or go back to the original question. Can you play it again? Yep, absolutely. Yep, please, please play. In A New Hope, when did Han Solo expect to arrive at the Alderaan system? Just that's, a, that's a weird question, because I know at one point he did have a line where he talked about arriving in, in a few minutes. And with Kevin's questions, it could be anything. They've run the entire gambit yeah. from that from yeah. specific quotes to details no one Very. would know. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, and and Eric doesn't know either. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I'd guess a few minutes. Let's say let's say fifteen minutes. <laughs> All right, final answer. Okay, the answer space is o two hundred. Oh, well, there. That's fifteen space minutes. O two hundred is fifteen <laughs> space minutes. <laughs> I don't need. It. I mean, I'm sure he's quoting something from the movie, but that's yeah, that's completely yeah. over my head. All right, so. I'm in second place. With one episode left in this round of trivia, Tim's still in last with 10. Then Chris with 13. Uh, Then Dave and Matt tied with 14. Oh, man. this We were all over the place these last 25 episodes, and now it's come down to something pretty exciting, except for Tim. (laughs) (laughs) This this is great. I still want my question next episode. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll... One more thank you to our special guest, Eric Walker, everybody. Yes, thank you. This was awesome. A lot of fun. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. It was cool. And um, join us next time. We discuss Mayo. Mayo. Is this an audition for my label? (laughs) (laughs) If so, pass. Yeah, you don't want me. Of all people, you don't want me singing anything. Many miles to cross. Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. 
Star Wars, and all Star Wars Universe characters, places, or Star Wars-related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders.